Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 4, Episode 2, The Girl from New York City. Mary, what happened this week? Brenda's sad. It's rainy and cold, and her roommate has a date with a boy who happens to be named Dylan. She's super homesick and can't get in touch with Kelly and Donna, whose answering machine rubs in the fact that they're living together and having so much fun without her. On top of that, Darla keeps putting a tassel on their dorm room doorknob whenever she and other Dylan are hooking up, which is like all the time. Brenda decides not to go to the party on their floor because she's literally had no time to be in her room and just sleep. Later, she overhears Darla and all her little friends call her a stuck-up bitch. Now she's pretty sure she made the wrong choice moving back to Minnesota after all. She packs a bag, tells Darla she's leaving, and climbs into a taxi. Dylan is back in town, and Kelly isn't happy about that. Back in France, when Dylan found out he didn't get into Berkeley, he got all sad and wouldn't do anything but sit at the same table and drink coffee and read. He wouldn't go do stuff with Kelly, so she got all mad and went to Paris for a few days to go shopping. When she got back, she found Dylan at the same table with Brigitte. He was holding her hand and refused to translate their jokes into English so Kelly could understand them. Kelly decides to retaliate by letting Dylan think she slept with a bartender named Gaston. Then she came home and hasn't talked to Dylan since. Now Kelly's all moved in with David and Donna, but Felice is still in town, so we're pretending David doesn't live here still. Which is a problem, because she almost catches him when she brings Donna home from dinner at, like, 1am. They narrowly avoid getting caught, and David tries to sleep with Donna in her room. She says, no, go away. The next day, I think, David and Donna hook up David's stereo system, and everyone comes over for an impromptu party, including Dylan, who has made up with Kelly. Donna is very confused and also a little worried about that, because she just told Brenda Dylan and Kelly broke up. Steve, Brandon, Celeste, and Jill play tennis together, and Steve and Brandon get really competitive. Brandon got a haircut, which is the exact opposite thing I wanted him to do. Steve shares his gross thoughts about Jill to Brandon, and Brandon tells him, please stop. Steve wonders why Brandon and Jill haven't slept together before um, letting his and Brandon's competitive energy ruin another tennis match and Jill and Celeste's day. Brandon apologizes to Jill and finds out she came to California for reasons we will discuss. Cindy feels bad for letting Brandon use Brenda's room. Cindy misses Brenda, but Jim's all like, look at this big empty house, and then they make out on their daughter's bed. Ew. I hated it. (laughs) I hated that part so much. Yeah, it really grossed me out, and I'm not trying to shame, like, moms and dads from having a love life after their kids are gone, but, like, ew. (laughs) No, like, I had a moment while they were doing this, because, I mean, that's the only time we see Jim and Cindy in this episode, right? Yeah, to bone. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, Cindy's just, like, walking around the room, like, touching things, and she's like, she's really gone, isn't she? And it's like, reminiscing about their daughter and being so sad and Jim's just like you know I always thought Brenda had a really nice mattress let's make another Brenda (laughs) (laughs) that one actually wasn't that good should we try again (laughs) yeah Yeah, we don't really like that Brenda anyway so (laughs) oh my god and then they 
they say they're actually going to let Brandon use her room. Yeah, they confirm. And they even say, like, how did we let him get away with this? And then I think <laughs> one of them's like, oh. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we just have to remember, we can't let him take her bed because she's not dead. Yeah. She's just at college. Right. They literally like, talk about, like, they're accepting she's gone, like she's dead or something. And then they're like, oh, well, let's bone. <laughs> seriously. And, like, I just really wanted to be like, no, that's next season. Yeah. <laughs> you have to keep the room for one more season. And then, I mean, by the end of the episode, like, she's legitimately dropped out after one week, right? Oh, yeah. she she She's coming back. I mean, she, I even, spoiler alert, saw the, like, little blurb of next episode. And it's like, Brenda's back in Beverly Hills. So, yeah, she back. Which, like, I guess if you're going to drop out, you might as well do it before ad drop ends because I think you can get your money back at that point. Oh, yeah. That sounds right. And then – California University let Steven a week ago, so. <laughs> right. I feel like Brenda's just going to call California University and be like, I changed my mind. Mm-hmm. Can and you undo like, me saying no? Yeah, and they're going to be like, sure, we just let this dude in like two days ago. Why not? <laughs> we have open spots all over the place. You want one? Mm-hmm. Yep. No, it, the whole Minnesota time, like, storyline has been very interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, and they definitely – make you aware of the stark difference between Minnesota and Beverly Hills or California in general because in the very beginning it's pouring down rain it's cold she's wearing a um like a sweater and writing a letter to Jim and Cindy complaining about the cold and the rain and talking about how they haven't even turned the heat on and then Darla busts in and is like yeah it's supposed to snow this week and she's like oh my god it's like what I don't know what you expected like that's what Minnesota's like which, now that I'm thinking about it, this was like September 15th. Does it snow that early? I don't know. I mean, all I know is that in football season, like whenever I catch some Big Ten football, like Minnesota's usually playing in the snow. But I want to say that's not until at least late October, early November at the earliest. Yeah. I mean, I haven't lived up north in forever. And I know in Colorado, they get like snowstorms in May. But right. They only last for like a day. Right. And it's like not even cold, really. It's just cold enough. Yeah. And it'll just like, yeah, it'll just happen. It'll be like 70 one day and then 30 and snowing the next. And then right. next day it's 70 and it's gone. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, the world. The world. Yeah. But yeah, it's raining in Minnesota and like, Brenda basically blames that for her attitude, right? Because her roommate comes in and she's kind of being a bitch to her. And she's like, I guess it's the rain. Yeah, she's like telling Brenda she was never – like Brenda's like talking about how she doesn't feel like she's fitting in here. And that, you know, then Darla's like, well, you you were never one of them either. And she's referring to like the West Beverly, you know, people. And so obviously Brenda's mood is definitely the weather, but it's also like feeling like she doesn't fit in because her roommate's like either always gone or she's just feeling homesick or, you know, she's just thinking about all of her friends back in California. And Darla doesn't make it better. Like Darla's just like, screw you, Brenda. We all got things, which is true, but also like, don't be mean about it. Yeah, I almost was kind of hoping that, you know, everything that Darla was doing in this episode, which I guess it kind of does, but it would like give Brenda like the kick she needs to actually do something about it rather than sit in her bed and be homesick and stare at the bye-bye Brenda thing. Yeah. You know, which, you know, 
Darla does point out of like, you just keep staring at the poster. Mm-hmm. Also, did you see the little Polaroids that were behind her bed of I, like all of her friends? I did, but I didn't like catch it long enough to see who was in it. There, it was a lot of like individual ones. So I kind of wonder if they were like, shit, we need to decorate a dorm room. And we're just like, stand right there. Snap. Okay. Next person. Stand right there. Snap. Yeah, or it was like their headshots from their audition or something yeah, like, like that. It was it was literally like just Polaroids of them in front of a dark background. So I kind of wonder if they were like continuity shots. Right, right, right. They could have been. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> but yeah, so then in this scene, um, Darla's talking about going on a date and she's like suggesting that they're gonna come back to the dorm and do it or make it, excuse me, and um she's like by the way if this is on the door don't come in and it's just like a little tassel of some sort and um Brenda's like cool and then Darla's Bay walks in and what do you know it because of course his name got to be Dylan I mean it's either going to be a d name or a b name so they might as well use one they've already used (laughs) oh yeah I mean like you know they did it on purpose for her to be like oh I'm homesick oh Dylan but Mm -hmm. like yeah it literally probably could have been any of their names yeah it could have been like Brandon like yeah (laughs) I actually I was gonna say I think it has to be anyone but Brandon you know it it could have been what if it was Jim Or what was cousin Bobby? Yeah, or like the dog that Brenda brought home that time. (laughs) (laughs) Wally. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That would have been funny. That would have been so cute. (laughs) But yeah, and then of course, like at that moment, we get a shift over to California where Steve, Brandon, Celeste, and Jill are at, I'm guessing like almost like a YMCA type situation. And they're playing tennis together, and Steve and Brandon are in tiny white shorts, which is always fun to see. And they're just being real competitive. Like, just Celeste and Jill don't really have many opportunities to hit the ball, which I will tell you, as a person who likes to play sports, would have pissed me off. I would have, like, pushed Brandon or Steve out of the way and been like, listen, I need to be back. I will be back here. I need to hit this ball, and I will hit it at you if you don't let me hit the ball. So. yeah, because that's the thing. Like, they're clearly not playing with the girls. Mm-hmm. They are playing just against each other. And I will yeah. say, despite the fact that they were wearing the tiny white shorts, Steve was wearing way too much of a shirt. Yes, agreed. Like, yeah, because I was thinking maybe it was like a uh, uh, kind of like the beach club. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like here, because um, it had like that really nice little pool next to it. And so maybe there was a dress code. But the Beverly Hills Beach Club let him walk around with those tiny little, like, nipple shirts. So, I don't mm-hmm. know. And, yeah, they, like, finished the game. And I think Steve and Celeste win the first one? I don't remember. I don't remember. Because I just wrote down that they were just trash talking. Yeah, no. I think they – Steve and Celeste win the first one because that's when Brandon basically says, like, if I was rich, I'd be good at tennis too, but I had to work all the time. I was like, Brandon, this is why no one likes you. (laughs) Like, shut up. There are so many tennis players who don't come from money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure the way that you become a professional tennis player is your parents decide you're going to play tennis. You have some natural ability, 
you usually move to Florida because the weather's always sunny and like hot, so you can play year round, and then you get on camp circuits. Like it's not like you have to live and have access to a country club. Like I'm pretty sure there's this one tennis player right now. Her name's Coco Goff, and she is amazing. And she is from Atlanta, but moved down to Florida when she was little because her parents were like, "Oh shit, she's good at tennis, so we need to get her into some like tennis courts all the time." And yeah, now she's a freaking pro. So. Sorry, yeah. Brandon, you didn't have money. Well, but like, it's not like Steve spent all of his time playing tennis too, right? Like, exactly. I feel like I feel like sitting there and being like, "Well, Steve, I'm not right." Like that that has nothing to do with Steve. There are some sports that are like rich, right? Like equestrian. I feel like is like that because usually you have to have access to a horse. I say that's then, a barrier to entry, right? And then golf is usually expensive just because it's very expensive to like actually just go play golf there isn't like rec you know golf courses to just go play on it's like you have to actually go pay for a tee time but tennis isn't really one of them I know it's a country club sport but like that doesn't mean you have to have the money to have a country club membership or whatever to play tennis yeah I mean I feel like you need a tennis racket and some tennis balls which like you can get relatively cheaply at like a Dick's or something Mm -hmm. and then go to a park uh-huh. Almost every park has tennis courts. Yep. But, I mean, that doesn't matter because they're attempting to trash talk and not be assholes, which I'm sitting here being like, no, you suck. Yeah. But then, <laughs> yeah. But then they go back to the beach house and the girls are, like, setting up a kite or something and Brandon and Steve are playing gin rummy and Steve wins again. <laughs> it's like, you know, Brandon, I want a drink. I want gin. I know, which I do like that. Like, good on Steve for making it fun. But I'm like, okay, so this episode is going to be about them being competitive and how annoying it is. Which, ugh, it was, honestly, it was a little all over the place with, like, everything happening in that house. Yeah. Because, like, then they start talking about how, like, Steve can beat Brandon at everything and mentions basketball. And I was like, you did not beat him at basketball. (laughs) You didn't make the team. I do wonder what their horse record is, though. Like, you know, um, head-to-head, like how many times Steve's won because he's taller than Brandon. Because I would (laughs) love that. But, yeah, he says, like, I'll beat you in in, um, basketball, volleyball, cards, I think he said. I don't remember what else he said. but And then somehow they segue into talking about, like, Steve shaming Brandon for not sleeping with Jill after one week. Which, again, is, like, you have to work so hard to like Steve. Yeah. He is so cute sometimes. And then he's just like, why haven't you fucked my friend yet? <laughs> yeah. like, what are you waiting for? I could have had her at 13. It's like, I know. What, oh, and then Steve? He's, he's so gross about it. Like, he is with Celeste. And then Brandon is, like, spending all this time with Jill. And he's just like, yeah, you know, Jill's who I think about. Ugh. Yikes. Stop. You don't say that. I mean, typically just don't say that, but like, (laughs) especially if you have a significant other, like it'd be one thing if I don't even have a scenario when I'm like, sure, if my friend said like, this is who I think about, I'm like, cool, bro. Like, let's move on. Like, I can't think of a scenario when I'm like, this is normal conversation. (laughs) Yeah. Like, no, no, no. I don't, I don't usually talk about like my sex life, but if I did, I don't know that I would reveal that. (laughs) 
And like, you know, if you're talking to your friends about like who you think is, you know, really attractive, it's usually not another friend that you have. Yeah. Unless it's just being like, you know, man, I've always thought blah, blah, blah is so pretty. Like, yeah. it's not like, that's my fantasy. <laughs> right? Like, like, that's gross. <laughs> like, I have no problem being like, yeah, I can't think of a single actor's name right now. Henry Cavill. Oh. I have no problem being like, that man can be as dirty and bloody and whatever and weird looking in The Witcher as they want to make him, and I am still going to want it. Still on board 100% of the time. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm not going to sit here and just be like, my friend's boyfriend? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and partially, I wonder if maybe some of the rules are easier to follow like gender to gender like for example like I could say to you that I think Mary's really pretty but it'd be weird if I said you know Michael he can get it (laughs) like but like even then there's a difference between saying like Michael can get it versus like I want to get Michael right right right. yeah that's fair you have very clearly crossed a line by changing the object and the subject. Very true. Very true. Yeah. And even with Henry Cavill, like if I were talking to y'all, I would say in all times, places, and states, yes, I would go there. But I wouldn't then also say, you know, when I, you know, with myself, I think of Henry Cavill because that's weird. I know. <laughs> I mean, I might say it, but it'd be weird. Because <laughs> it's just, yeah. Yeah. And also, I don't know if boys really talk like this. Like, I cannot tell you, granted, I've never been a boy, so I don't know. But like, I guarantee you, Nate finds it more weird when he knows that I've talked to my girlfriends about boys than like, if he were to talk, like, he would never talk to boys about girls. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like you know, depending on the guy, obviously, I feel like at some point it kind of like dies down. Yeah. Because there's a difference between talking about the girl you've been dating for a couple of months and like your wife of five years. True. True. Like, I think at some point you you kind of have to stop talking about like your sexual fantasies about a woman when you're yeah. like, no, I'm married. We have a kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've combined assets. Like at some point, I just, I don't know. And that's a personal thing, like, you of know. Of course. And I'm not going to shame levels. anybody for, like, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about, but I do feel like there are certain topics and certain things that, like, are just a little, like, maybe not even, I shouldn't even say weird, just maybe a little off-putting if you're not comfortable hearing it or saying it also. Like, I've got some friends that will honestly just tell me anything and everything, but I know that about them, so I'm comfortable with it. I don't share back, but it's like, I know what I'm getting when I talk. So maybe Brandon's like, I know what I'm getting when I talk to Steve. (laughs) That's very true. Of everyone, it's going to be Steve. Right, right. Because it certainly wouldn't be Dylan. And even Brandon seems like he'll make jokes, you know, he'll be like, hey, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But I don't think he'll actually come out and say, I don't know, you know, whatever he wants to yeah, and I think that's very specifically for Brandon. Like, mm-hmm. I think we're supposed to know, like, even especially in this episode, we are supposed to know that he is sexually active and apparently proficient, according to him. 
but like we don't actually hear him talking about it unless it's like one throwaway line while he's talking to a girl or she's saying like who taught you how to kiss so I can thank them Ugh. which like no <laughs> no no <laughs> forgot about that line <laughs> I'll never forget god but then like they just get over this and decide to race down to the water and it was absolutely adorable yeah that was cute and they definitely tied like they were almost like step for step <laughs> I was trying so hard to track it and then the camera angle switched and I was like no I need like the finish line shoot like photo I know we missed it you know so I guess we'll say they tied although I choose to believe Steve won Probably. Brandon is not fast, even if he made the track team and also knocked Steve off the track team. <laughs> he's not fast. Right. I mean, he's got little legs. Like, little legs can only carry you so far. <laughs> hey. I'm just saying, it's true. Like, stride, the length of your stride matters. It doesn't necessarily mean you're faster, you just cover more ground. I think his haircut made him more aerodynamic. <laughs> oh my god. This is the scene where I noticed his haircut and I was just like, this is the direction we went in? He honestly has like a little army haircut, you know, like it's not short enough to be a full buzz, but it's like the fully buzzed on the sides and then like just a little spiky all the way around. Which I think is what bothered me is like they didn't fade it up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, it was like, I don't know if one is shorter or five is shorter, but it's like a one up to here and then like five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it just, it doesn't look that good. It just really looks like, it. like um, I'm trying to think of that specific character that I'm thinking of. I can see his face, but I can't remember. I can't even place him right now. Anyway, it's like that typical good old boy, you know, I'm the son of an army guy haircut. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. But boy band on top. Yeah. Yeah. Like enough gel to make it boy bandy. <laughs> Yeah, I do wonder who came up with this haircut. Mm -hmm. Or if it was Jason Priestley. <laughs> hey, could have been. I'm sick of the quaff, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I only want a little quaff. Yeah. No, Brandon, hair down, mm -hmm. not up, down. Um, I but then we go to the beach apartment. Yeah, because this is where like Kelly and Don are like, how are we going to hide the fact that David lives here from your mom? Mm -hmm. Which like, I don't know, somehow she missed that there's a third bedroom. It's full of boy stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like, because when, when else, I guess David would have to wait to move in his stuff if theoretically, like, they wanted to not leave any evidence of David being there but like that would suck for David so yeah how did she just miss a third bathroom or bedroom and then in the bathroom not see like boy toiletries like Old Spice or whatever boys use oh you know he smells like axe <laughs> the axe of the 90s <laughs> yeah no you know that's what he smells like what was that like competitor to axe that was also a short like three-word name I feel like there was know. Axe and there was something else, but I don't I feel remember. like you're right. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I'm sure you're right. I just feel like I remember, like, boys would just spray Axe around. Oh, like, it why? became – yeah, because, like, when boys started bringing gym bags to, like, middle school or high school when we had, like, legit PE and boys started going through puberty, it's like you'd all of a sudden see Axe cans everywhere, and then it would just, like, like, like all the time. Yeah. Like, no, this is not Febreze. Mm-hmm. Stop. 
but yeah, so we're there and Felice is also there, like we mentioned, and Donna and Kelly are like talking and Felice is with David, I guess to distract. Well, like, so first of all, they talk about how the landlord like basically left this place a shit pile before they moved in and like there's food in the fridge. And I was like, I knew it. (laughs) <laughs> you didn't tour the apartment. You didn't do a walkthrough before you signed the lease. Yep. I knew it. And then, yeah, she's, like, directing David on where to move all their furniture and just talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. And, uh, yeah, apparently she thinks that he's going to live in a frat house like Steve. And I don't understand how they already have rooms in frat houses available. Like, I thought that was really hard to get. Well, that and... I also am pretty sure, now granted, I only have UGA's experience, so I can't speak for other schools, but I'm like 90% sure as a freshman, you can't live in the sorority house because you don't even pledge until like the first week of school. Like you rush, because I remember, so when I moved in to my freshman dorm, myself and my roommate were there early a few weeks because we had band camp. (laughs) Haha, band camp. And so we had to be there early. Like, I think it was like two or three weeks ahead of when most students would report. And so while we were there, there were also other girls there who were participating in Rush. So I know like you rushed early, like earlier than when school started. But then I'm pretty sure you didn't pledge until either that final week before school or that first week of school. And you would have had to have had housing figured out, which meant that you weren't living in a sorority house because you wouldn't even pledge a sorority until later so yeah no clue yeah yeah because Kennesaw didn't have sorority and fraternity houses Hmm. at least when I was there that might have changed so like most sororities and fraternities like you just either lived on campus or lived off campus in your own apartments but you would live you know with other people pledging Mm -hmm. if you could and then I had a friend that went to Alabama and rushed and yeah she said that it was like I don't think you could live there freshman year. And then it was so hard to even get into the houses after that because there were Mm. so many students. Right. And then she was like, I wouldn't want to do it anyway because they have stricter rules. Like you have, you have a limit on bathrooms. Like most of those houses look really nice, but they're also probably kind of old and like they've been frat houses. So like, do you really want to live there anyway? Yeah. I remember when Georgia got like, they built the new Zeta house and they built the new Tri-Delta house. And holy moly, those things were nice. But I've also been to a bunch of frat parties and know how old and like very, you know, like old hardwood, old banisters, like old everything. And it looks really pretty in the daytime. But then you add a lot of college students, alcohol, trash cans, like cups everywhere, like whatever. And the fact that it's a frat house, so it's boys. And it doesn't look so pretty. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I've been to a couple of the UGA frat houses on, like, game days. And I was just like, why? Do people live here? Yeah, I know. Should you? I know. It's crazy. But yeah, she just will not stop talking this whole time. And I love that she's just directing him on where to place all their furniture. Like, I could not get over it. They hadn't even moved in everything. Like, there are clearly still boxes and just stuff everywhere. And she's like, no, no, move that chair, like, a little to the right. And I'm like, 
girl, this is going to clearly change because all their stuff is still on the floor. I know. And like, I think my favorite part about all of this was when you get down to it, like Mary made this point in her synopsis. I didn't even think about this. She was there until 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. She it was had there to all day. Yeah, because it had to have been like maybe mid-morning at the at the latest at this point in time. Because like if Steven, Celeste, and um, Brandon and Jill were playing tennis, like presumably they weren't playing in like the dead heat of the sun, you know. So this could have been like 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. And then, yeah, she's there until 1 a.m. Like bananas. It also, them trying to hide David from her made me think of what we talked about last week of like trying to hide the alcohol in our rooms from our parents and yes. like all that stuff being like, you don't need to go into the closet. Yeah, I hate don't, closet. Don't, I'm don't allergic worry about to it. closet. <laughs> yeah. Just close that off. We got that part already. <laughs> Just, so oh good. Oh my God. So oh, good. 18. Yep. But yeah, like. So, you know, speaking of Brandon and all them over at the beach house, we go back there and I don't really remember what was happening here other than Brandon like really wants to sleep with Jill and she's like, no, I'm not really interested in it. And he keeps pressuring her to do more than she's comfortable with. And it made me so mad. Oh, I know. I mean, because now whether or not, because like when Brandon was talking to Steve, he was trying to be like, dude, it's not about that. Like, I'm not trying to rush. I'm not trying to make her do anything, you know, like this isn't, we don't even know what this is. And then he puts, he plants that seed in his head of like, well, I would have and makes it into a competition. And so now when Brandon's with Jill, he has that in his head, right? Like he's got like Steve on his shoulder, devil Steve being like, Brandon, you got to sleep with her or else. And yeah, it's turning Brandon into a dude that I don't necessarily think he was. No, and that's exactly right. Like, he's letting other people influence his opinions on things. And, like, yeah, I don't think Brandon is the kind of guy that's, like, truly rushing to jump into bed with anybody. Like, I really kind of see Brandon as just, like, normal guy, like, you know, in the middle path of, like, you know, David is dating someone who plans to stay a virgin. Steve will jump into bed the second he can. Same with Dylan. And I think Brandon's like, all right, you know, we're going to date. We're going to get to know each other. Like, this is actually going to be a meaningful moment for me. Agreed. I mean, you would you would think he's that way with how much he likes to make out with girls. <laughs> you know, like, his just constant eating of the face. You would think, like, okay, this is a guy that clearly – like spends a lot of time kissing <laughs> and wrongly but you know there's that yeah I just never really thought Brenda almost like Brenda Brandon was the type to just jump there because mm-hmm. he's I don't know he they've done a good job of making Brandon at least feel like you're right like he wants to get to know the person it's not going to be just a one-night stand he's just not that kind of guy yeah I mean the only person he had a one-night stand with correct me if I'm wrong, is his ex-girlfriend that came from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And like that – I wouldn't even call that a one-night stand, right? Yeah. Like it's just that he slept with her one time. Right. And they had history. So it's not yeah. like they met that day. Yeah. Um, but then 
yeah, he's like pressuring her to do all this stuff. She's like, I just want to take it slow. And he's like, well, let me gnaw on your face a little bit and see if I can change your mind. <laughs> and then the doorbell rings and they do another Saved by the Bell comment. And I just, I'm getting real tired of that joke. Yeah, right. But at least on the bright side, Dylan's here. And I I'm, loved their little handshake thing. I know. I was so glad it came in so early because when I saw it in the pre in the intro, I was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And it was so cute. And now I want to know, did Luke and Jason come up with that on their own? Like, did the script say, Brandon and Dylan do a handshake? And they were just like, ooh, cool. We get to make up a handshake. Because if that were given to me in a script note, I would love it. <laughs> oh, I would love it. I I honestly hope that the script, like, didn't even mention it. It was like, you know, Dylan's at the door. Brandon opens the door. They say these words. They, you know, greet each other. And they were just mm -hmm. like, greet each other? High five. Flex. <laughs> yeah. So cute. I loved it. And they, then, like, they, like, kind of go into the kitchen and everyone's all excited that Dylan's there, including me. And, you know, I just think that when, like, Kelly has a point. We'll get there in a sec. But, like, Kelly has a point about how Dylan gets into his moods. But when he's not in a mood and he's just, like, carefree, chilling Dylan, you know, like, He's so fun. Like, he blends in. He brings a lot of chemistry to the table. And there's really good dynamics with him and, and pretty much everybody, um, especially when he comes into the kitchen. I don't even remember what was said, but, like, when Brandon and Dylan were like, he's lying. They're lying. They're lying. They, he, like, whatever I said was. that. Yeah, it was so cute. And I just loved it. Oh, yeah. I, I actually don't have any notes other than I miss the boys all being friends mm -hmm. because – I mostly clock that because they're all sitting there like having this great time and like literally a couple of episodes ago, which, you know, granted was months ago, we saw Dylan being like, I hate Steve. Yeah. Like fighting over Steve's privilege that also Dylan has. Yeah. Dylan the millionaire. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, because, uh, you know, they're doing all this stuff and then Celeste is like, oh, so tell us about Paris. Kelly said it was great. And Dylan was like, what? She did? Mm-hmm. And then he, like, gives them very light, like, you know, we got into a fight, da-da-da-da-da, maybe it was me, I don't know. And I was just like, well, from what I know so far, yes. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, all we know so far is that he didn't get into Berkeley, and then he left without saying anything, and Kelly came back alone. And right. And they broke up. Right. That's... And we don't even know necessarily who all Kelly told because from our perspective, the audience, Kelly just told Donna. Which so, I, I think that's right. I mean, Celeste yeah. doesn't know, which Celeste wouldn't know because she's set dressing for Steve. Right. And like there was that one moment when they were all outside and Kelly was like all excited about seeing her dad and met him in Spain and like all that. So from Celeste's perspective and Steve and I think Brandon – and Brenda at the time were there too. It sounded great. And then she told the legit story to Donna. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And I, I don't know how much Donna has told Brenda or when she tells Brenda, but I think she only tells her that they broke up. Exactly. I would assume she's not sitting there like, you know, telling all of Kelly's story. Yeah. I wouldn't think so either. Unless Brenda was like, well, what happened? And then Donna w might say something like, well, I don't know. It just sounded like, you know, they, Got into a fight because – and then almost told her the abbreviated version of what Kelly told her. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, we have no idea at this point. Yep. 
who knows what. And usually this show doesn't actually tell us who knows what. At some point we just learn that like, oh, everyone knows how Dylan and Brenda broke up and Dylan and Kelly got together and Steve finally calls Dylan out on it and we learn that Brandon never did shit. Right. Exactly. Like, just, you know, throw away stuff that we're like, so are we to believe that this is how this happened? Mm-hmm. And we just have to make our own ideas. But then back in the Midwest, Brenda gets home from – is this where she finds out that she didn't get into any of her drama classes? Um, I think that's later because I think I made a note about it. And in my next note about Brenda, it doesn't mention that. Um, okay, because my next note is that she goes back and the thing is on the door. Yeah, this is before that. Yeah, and all all that happens is she notices the um, – the tassels yeah. on the door and then she's just like waiting outside her dorm room because the yeah there. yeah because this is where everyone's you know at the beach house being like I bet Brenda's having such a great time and then she's sitting by herself on the floor mm-hmm. and I was just like you have friends down the hallway yeah I think that's what I would have done I mean granted I didn't feel homesick in my first week of school um Especially because I was there two weeks early for band camp. <laughs> band camp. And yeah, I would have probably just like walked down to another dorm on my hall and just been like, hey, which guys do? My roommate's in there. I can't go in right now. And tried to make a friend maybe. I don't know. Yeah. And like the way that our dorms were set up at Kennesaw is every floor had multiple like shared spaces Mm. with like TVs and couches and stuff. So like you would go in there and like I had a Wii at the time and I would just like keep it in a box. I didn't have it set up in my room. So I would just like take it into those rooms and like set up Super Smash Brothers and like that takes four people. So if somebody walked by and was like, hey, can I play a game? It's like, yeah, go ahead. Right. Like That's a smart idea. I know. You know. I promise I was not the one to come up with that, but I thought pretty proud of it. <laughs> Um, and like she couldn't exactly do that because it's 1993, but like you could do something like that. Yeah, or at the very least, just kind of like I would assume there'd be a common space. So at least just go hang out in the common space, maybe read a book, maybe I don't know, like find like if somebody go else the- is there, strike up a conversation, go to a coffee shop. I don't know. Yeah, there's got to be events going on on campus. It's the first week of school. Mm-hmm. Like I just, it it was one of those points where I realized like yeah, Brenda's not actually trying. And right. I know she's homesick. I get it. I, you know, didn't have to experience that because I went to school 40 minutes from my parents' house and I had friends there already. Yep. So, like, I get it. I don't know this feeling. But, like, you're not trying and it upsets me. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. It. Yeah. It always – it definitely helps when you've got a roommate that, like, you're close with and, like, can talk to. And Brenda clearly had – partially that but if your roommate's just like like I mean honestly like that's pretty selfish of Darla like even beyond the fact that Brenda probably could have just gone and talked to other people she shouldn't have to if she doesn't want to like her room is her room too like Mm -hmm. yeah it would be different if they were in a suite style room and they had independent rooms in a common area and you know Darla was off in her own room but like not being able to let Brenda come into her her own room for hours yeah I mean like come on that's a dick move like yeah I obviously cannot I had sweet style rooms this was also very different in my life but like I feel like if you're gonna bone in college you get like an hour maybe two right right and it's not 
all the freaking time. Like, yeah, you gotta I don't trade know. off. Like, like, I'm even trying to remember. I don't even think Claire and I ran into that situation even a little bit. I mean, it helped that she was still dating her high school boyfriend who I also knew, you know? So it's like I wasn't restricted from really coming in because – like I already knew her boyfriend at the time, but if I did, granted we had cell phones and she could just text me and give me a heads up like, Hey, by the way, me and Ashton are going to, you know, get blah, blah, blah. And I would be like, cool. I'll just stay at the SLC and drink some jittery Joe's coffee for a little bit. I'll see you later or something like that. I know. I kind of wish like they had set up a system. Like you put the tassel on the door, but you also put a sticky note of like the time you put the tassel on the door. Yeah. And it's like, all right. You get, like, an hour. There's a better way to – just put a dry erase board on there like everybody in college did and just wrote – just write down estimated time of placement of tassel. <laughs> estimated time of door lock. 20 yeah. 20 minutes. Exactly. So – And, yeah, then, like, do it and then put your pants back on and you can still hang out and, like, snuggle and whatever. And it's going to be a little weird when Brenda comes in, but, like, at least you're not pantsless. Exactly. And then yeah. she gets to have her room and you're not a dick. Exactly. But, I mean, that's literally all we see of Minnesota because then we go back to L.A. and they're playing tennis again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've we've literally just forgotten that Brandon has any addictions because Steve asked Brandon if he wants to put money on their next game. <laughs> see, I missed it because I was just focused on all of the pet names that Brandon kept calling Jill. <laughs> No, I I was dying because this is, I think, like, the second or third episode that we've just forgotten everything and are just like, you want to put money on this, Brandon? Like, he has a gambling addiction. <laughs> and not just one. He has a sports gambling addiction. Right. Like, oh, that's I, funny. They just don't give a shit. They were just like, mm, no, Brandon only has vices for, like, three episode arcs. Then they're gone. Or maybe he can only focus on one vice at a time, and maybe in this episode his vice was a girl of the week, and (laughs) so he got Jill, and he literally, he called her babe, baby, and sweetheart in one scene of tennis. And I was like, I don't think I've ever heard you call any of your girlfriends any pet name. So I was like, I wonder if that was just Jason just like throwing it in, you know, like it definitely probably wasn't scripted. And I'm like, is this what is this what college Brandon is like? College Brandon just loves to put pet names on everything, which don't get me wrong. I love pet names. Nate, I sometimes feel like Nate doesn't even know my name, but <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong. But like he only knows Jill for like a week. So that part I was just like, OK, we're, I d- we're getting a lot of affection here. That's a good point. Maybe Brandon's trying to like reimagine himself for college Brandon mm-hmm. to be like, I'm a guy that gives nicknames. Yeah. Babe. No. Baby. Mm. Sweetheart, Sweetheart. <laughs> maybe. I'll think about it. Whichever one will get her to sleep with me so I can tell Steve that I slept with her. <laughs> Ugh, I hate them so much. I know. And then, of course, they get angry. Is this the tennis match? No. This is no, I think the that's a little later because mm-hmm. we get like one random little scene of Andrea trying to stab an orange with a syringe. Yeah. like. What? Yeah, she's just giving an orange insulin, and Nat's like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I'm, you know, insulin, orange, you know how it goes. And he's like, 
oh yeah well if you want to do it do it like this and she's like how do you know and he's like i used to be a med or i wanted to be a medic in the navy or whatever he says which is doesn't matter i know my favorite part of that was like i never actually made it to the stabbing people with the thing i only made it to the orange (laughs) then you can't give advice cool that's same (laughs) like i never actually made it to med school i just sometimes peel an orange with a knife like (laughs) yeah okay what yeah but at least we get dylan back in the peach pit and to no one's surprise at all, orders coffee and tells Andrea he didn't get into Berkeley. And she's like, he's like, where have you been? I didn't get in. And she and he's like, well, what about you? You're supposed to be up, you know, in the Northeast. And she's like, well, where have you been? I am not going to Yale. So that's yeah. all. I feel like you should have been like, I've been in Paris. Mm-hmm. You know that. Yeah. Like, I'm not just going to go call you guys every day. I was in Paris. Mm hmm. But, yeah, because they're inside and then outside we've got Kelly and Donna driving up to the peach pit talking about how uh, Felice can never find David at their place, which seems so weird to me because he's dating Donna and he's, like, Kelly's his sister. So, like, Mm -hmm. okay, he should be there sometimes. He should probably be there, like, 50% of the time. Yeah, I mean, it's perfectly reasonable that a boyfriend and a stepbrother can frequent you know, his stepsister and or girlfriend's living quarters. Yeah. No, it, it, it's so funny to me that they're like, well, what if she calls and he picks up the phone? Like, okay, I'm here visiting Kelly. Is yeah. she going to call at three o'clock in the morning? Right. Like, I, no. <laughs> whatever. But then when they pull up to the peach pit, that's when they see Dylan's Porsche and Kelly's like, he didn't even tell me he was back and tells her – more of the France story about how all he would do is sit and read and drink espresso. I was like, I, Sounds I'm good to not me. mad about that. <laughs> yeah. Like, you guys spent so long there. I feel like you can have days where you just, like, max chill. Right. And from what it sounds like, you know, he didn't get into Berkeley. And then from there, his mood just went from, you know, probably carefree Dylan to moody Dylan where – Kelly was just like, okay, I get you didn't get into Berkeley, but, like, don't be so moody. And let's be real. Dylan is moody. I mean, he's moody, broody. He's, what is it? He's mad, bad. What Dangerous is it? to know. Yeah. So he's at least self-aware about that. But, you know, he got really testy and snippy and quick to get into arguments. And so Kelly was like, whatever, Dylan. I'm going to peace out. I'm going to go driving and meet Gaston. Well, because first she goes to Paris to go shopping for a few days. Right, right. And then when she comes back, he's like all close with Brigitte. And I don't understand why he was even doing that if they were still in a relationship. Like it feels more realistic to me that he would just be like, yeah, I don't want to go to Paris right now. So you are more than welcome to go to Paris and do what you want. I'm going to sit here and read. And like when she came back, he'd be doing the exact same thing. Totally. And then him being like, well, I can't tell you what we're joking about because it doesn't translate to English. Like, no, you're being a bitch. Yeah, French and English are literally two of the Romance languages. Like, just translate. (laughs) Yeah, even if it loses something in translation, like, 
say it. You're making fun of your girlfriend to her face in another language. Like you have the decent, like you should have the decency to tell her what it means. Yeah. Of course she's going to be upset with you. Right. But yeah. And then, you know, she, uh, oh, I don't think we find out about Gaston until a little bit later. You're right. Because this is the part. Where they get into a fight where she's like, you slept with her, didn't you? And he's like, well, while you were gone, I finally got peace and quiet. Oh, my God. Well, and and my whole thing is here is that, sure, Dylan may not have slept with her, but he's definitely emotionally cheating on Kelly. Like, he's canoodling. Yeah, he's getting close with another girl that's not his girlfriend and not in a friend way. Yeah, he was, like, holding her hands. They were real close in the face area. Mm -hmm. She's like... Given the current times, it's truly the point where I'm just like, back away. Yeah. You don't know where she's been. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and I guess after that we get another tennis match. Which, okay, cool. I even wrote in my notes. I was like, playing tennis all day sounds really boring. Like, I'm not a tennis person anyway, but I feel like any tennis person that's not professional and like actually training and stuff – after, like, four or five matches would just be like, y'all. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love tennis. I'm bad at it, but I love it. I love watching it and playing it. But at a certain point, your arm gets tired. It's hot outside, usually. And even yeah. if it's not that hot, you get hot because you've been playing for – and it's a very demanding sport. So – yeah, the fact that we're seeing match number three in like two days, it's a lot. And, that's and now just what it's we're getting see- aggressive. Yeah, and that's just what we're seeing, exactly. And now it's just getting aggressive. Yeah, because this is the part where like Steve starts aiming the ball at Jill, which I do not understand. Like, mm-hmm. what was the point of that? No clue. And so, like, yeah, that basically ends the game when he hits her. And then Brandon and Steve start arguing back and forth. And then Jill starts screaming and is like, no, I've had enough of this. I'm leaving. And there are swimmers behind them just like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Like, I I love when, like, background actors actually, like, somewhat interact with the scene. Because, like, if she was screaming and the people in the pool were just like, do-do-do-do-do, I would be like, you're so full of shit. But, yeah, she just – like storms off because she doesn't want to deal with being hit by tennis balls and then have a bunch of teenagers screaming at each other. Yep. And Celeste like runs after her, which is cute. I'm glad like Celeste was able to kind of put away the the jealousy. I mean, granted, if that's truly how she was feeling, like her feelings are valid, but it seems like she and Jill kind of got into a good rhythm and, and they're being cute girlfriends and she runs after her. Meanwhile, Steve and Brandon are like still fighting. Yeah, no. Celeste is very emotionally mature. I like Celeste. I, I know we Celeste. don't get to see her a lot, and we mostly see her as window dressing, but, like, I really like her. I love her. Yeah. She's such a sweet girl. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish that this would rub off on Steve. I know it won't because Steve is the character that he is on purpose, but, you know, yep. whatever, but – I think this is when they go back to the beach house and she's packing up and Brandon's like, what are you doing? And she's like, what do you think I'm doing? Yeah. And then he's like trying to argue with her. He's like standing in her way to keep her away from the suitcase. He's trying to kiss her. And she's like, no, I don't want any of this. Yeah. And it's very like 
on the one hand, I thought we were about to get, like, angry Brandon. And he wasn't really that angry. Like, he didn't just flare up, but his actions were were that of an angry Brandon because he was, like, standing in her way, like you said. He was... He was almost acting like it wasn't a big deal and that Jill was making it a big deal. Yeah, he was being aggressive, but, like, not overtly angry Brandon aggressive. But, like, you know, when you find out what's happened to her later, um, it's it's already aggressive. Like, this is not how a boy should act in any way, shape, or form. Or anyone should act. Like, women are not excluded from this. But when you hear about this later, like, you understand – exactly why she was just like no you need to give me space right we will get there when we get there yes we will but like I spent this whole time being like Brandon just talk to her yeah like stop trying to like go in for a kiss and assume that's gonna fix something because clearly something else is going on here I mean like you've known this girl for a short amount of time like you don't know her So stop trying to just fix it with some kiss when clearly there's something else happening. Yeah. And I think like that's the thing. She's been pretty clear that she wants to take this slow. She does not want to just like sit and make out with you all the time. And so especially when she's mad at you and you try and go for another kiss, like that's just not the way to do this. Right. Yeah. And then there's like a brief interlude back in Minnesota where – Brenda's calling Donna and Kelly and gets their voicemail, and it's like, we're in our really cool beach apartment, and you're not. Ha, ha, ha. Bye. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a great mixture of adorable and annoying. Yeah, and especially if you're in Brenda's situation, it's just full-on annoying. It makes her <laughs> feel more sad, and it's sad. So basically, Brenda's storyline is just she's, sh- she's sad. Yeah. So Sad Brenda. <laughs> Brenda is sad, mm-hmm. to quote Mary. that's my quote of the week nice Brenda is sad but yeah then we go back to I think Brandon and Jill and they're like sitting in front of a fireplace or something or it's like well lit with candles or it's very soft light and they just start talking and and I didn't even write anything down except one sentence well actually I wrote more down (laughs) but one of the things that I wrote was Jill why are you apologizing that's it yeah no I wrote why is Jill (laughs) apologizing to him (laughs) because like she didn't do anything she did nothing but we have to make Brandon the perfect character So, like, his sexual advances and him getting super competitive and everything, like, that's fine. He's Brandon. That's just what he does. But her being turned off by that and wanting to leave, how dare she? Yeah, it's almost like she's blaming herself for shit that has happened to her. Yeah, like, she's apologizing for being upset that tennis balls were flying at her head. and. She's apologizing for wanting to leave because of that and the fact that she's around a bunch of teenagers. Like, it's it's another one that, like, I want to touch back on when we get to later. Okay. Because, like, I 
I don't know that I'll be able to form my thoughts as well as I want to, but hopefully we can like talk through it and it's just, it's a thing. That's fine. Cause at that point I was just focused on the fact that she was apologizing. And as a person who apologizes way too much, this was a time when even it made me be like, what? So yeah, we can continue until we get to the other scene. (laughs) We'll table that for a few minutes. Cause I mean, really like, not a huge amount happens in between now and then because we go to Minnesota. Darla essentially tells Brenda to stop feeling sorry for herself and try because she's not going to the party and she's not doing any of these things. And yeah, Brenda's just like, I'm tired. Someone keeps having sex in my room all night. <laughs> yeah. I haven't slept or haven't been able to lay in my bed. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then we go to the beach apartment where Donna is telling Kelly to go back to Dylan after she said she's that he's cheated on her. Mm-hmm. And I'm very upset about that. What the hell, Donna? Yeah, it doesn't make sense for her to say that. It makes sense for her to say, why don't you talk to him? Not yeah. go get back together with him. Yeah. But then, you know, Kelly is like, well, I was also kind of terrible. Mm-hmm. And we get more flashback to find out that <laughs> – Kelly would sit in the bar and make eyes with Gaston, the bartender. Um, when and sorry. side note, he was very good looking. He was. I actually tried to look him up, and he was not credited from what I saw. Oh, man, because uh, he was very not Dylan, um, but equally as handsome. Like, handsome in different ways. But I got the um, – I don't actually know the name of the song, but the Gaston song from Beauty and the Beast stuck in my head the whole time. I was like, how can I make this about Gaston the bartender? <laughs> um, but, like, he invites her to go driving through the countryside. She gets back super late, and Dylan's just like, where have you been for three hours? And she's like, we went driving and then back to his apartment. Mm-hmm. And they get all heated. She slaps him. Well, yeah, because he basically accuses her of sleeping with him, like stooping to his level or whatever, or just che- basically just accusing her of cheating on him. And so she's like, how dare you? Like, I've, you know, never given you any indication that I would do this. So slap. I mean, and- she she kind of like leads that up to it, but then he gets all up in her face and aggressive about it. Right, right. She at first wanted to make him jealous, but then he starts accusing her and she's like, well, wait, no, I didn't actually. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, but she doesn't say any of that. Yeah. She just slaps him. And then essentially like this is when we find out she went and packed her bags, went to Paris, and then they never spoke to each other since. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Now we're at the scene yes. of the episode where, first of all, Jill hands Brandon a glass of alcohol. Oh, see, I even missed that. (laughs) Yeah, so apparently we're also forgetting that Brandon's an alcoholic. Oh, no. I mean, she was like, this is the best bottle in my father's basement or whatever it's called, cellar. He's like, won't he miss it? And I don't think he ever takes a sip, but I feel like he should have been like, don't open that bottle. I have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. See, I think we're supposed to just think that that DUI was a one-time thing because uh, we haven't been – we've been reminded that Dylan's an alcoholic. 
several times. But with Brandon, we haven't. No. And that, technically, like, the Brandon drinking episode was only, like, his second iteration of drinking. He was like, I've drank once before, father. Mm-hmm. And he has mentioned the DUI once since then. But, yeah, like, nobody has made a big deal out of it. But I'm sitting here being like, no. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to nip this shit in the bud early. Right. Like, I I don't like it. But yeah, they're sitting there. She's telling him she wants to take it slow. Once again, he is not taking it as slow as she wants, which like, seriously, Brandon, no means no. Like, that's just it. Draw a line. But he like really wants to sleep with her. And so she finally tells him that a few months ago she was assaulted. And that's why she doesn't want to sleep with him because she doesn't feel safe around men anymore. Right. And at first she just says, I, like, she was assaulted. Yeah. Um, we're not sure if that's a mugging, if it's we, – we don't know. She just says she's assaulted. And then, like, you know, later in the conversation she does say, like, you know, who wants to start a relationship with someone and, like, open it up with, oh, I was raped a few months ago. Which at that point I was like, wait a minute. You were raped? Because at that point I was like, this should be a bigger deal. This is a huge deal. Yes. At this point, Brandon trying to make light of a situation and kind of levy, like, make it lighter in the sense of not making fun of it or anything like that, just trying to bring the conversation back to a comfortable place, makes, like, some little joke. And the joke itself is not insensitive. And anything he said inherently was not insensitive. However, the fact that Jill, this person that we've known now for two episodes, who we don't know a lot about, but we know a few things. Her dad's rich and an actor and in the business. She's here because she needed to get away, but no one knows up until this point. And the reason is because she was raped, that should be a big deal. It's a huge deal. And like, that's the thing. It, you know, ties all this stuff back together. Like, she doesn't want to be around aggressive men. She apologizes to him because she thinks all of this is her fault because she let this happen to her because she went out at night when there was nobody else around when she knows she shouldn't have. And, like, that's not how this happens. If someone rapes you, they are at fault. Yes, 100%. It is not the victim's fault ever. And, like, Brandon has just been so aggressive at all this time. And he's like, well, if I had known, I wouldn't have done that. And I was like, you shouldn't have done that anyway. A hundred percent. And there is a clear difference in attempting a relationship or attempting a courtship or whatever you want to call it with a girl. But if she continually tells you, this has to be slow. I want to take this slow. I don't want to sleep with you. She keeps pulling back. She tells you, she just gives you so many hints. If you continue to be aggressive, if you continue to push her, if you don't let her take the reins at any point in time, as soon as she says that, then that's bad behavior and that's unacceptable and it's a big deal. That is the lesson, not let me learn about her and keep being aggressive until I find out she's raped. Yeah. And then we turn. No, it's at the point where she says she's uncomfortable with the situation that is when you pull the brakes. That is when you almost make it to where you friend zone yourself. Yeah. Well, and like, this is the point in the episode where we realize this is a White Knight Brandon episode. Like, this story is not about Jill anymore. This is about Brandon saving her. Mm -hmm. Because 
like I don't know if it happens right here or a little bit later, but I think this is barely the end, basically the end of everything that happens at the beach house is she's like, will you sleep with me tonight? And she's like, no, I mean like sleep with me. I just want you to hug me and hold me so I can feel safe in, you know, the presence of men again, which like you don't know this guy. That was my thing too. They got weirdly close for knowing each other for like a week. And I understand there's like, there's an element to fiction, whether it's a book or a television series or a movie where time in and of itself is usually accelerated, right? Like whether or not you're given a timeline, in these timelines, you're spending like all 24-7 with this person. And and it's a summer romance, so like, you know, that yeah. changes it as well. But at the same time, like, if this just happened months ago, like, I don't know, maybe she's handling her trauma better than she anticipated or like, you know, whatever. There's no like set timeline for dealing with things. Of course. But like, it just makes me so mad that Brandon, who she doesn't know, who she tried to mace last week, is the guy that is going to make her feel safe around men again. And also, on that point, when they do wake up, because the very last scene at the beach house is where they wake up, and maybe this is just a personal preference, so I'll, I'll, I'll at least preface it by saying that. But Brandon is like, I, like too cuddly, like smothering cuddly, to the point where I'm like, is this a triggering position? Because he's essentially like latched on from behind where Jill is now in a vulnerable position. And maybe I'm thinking too much about it and like too much in the semantics, but for me personally, if I'm turned away from somebody, I can't see you. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're thinking. I don't I can't make eye contact with you. You you've got my arms like locked in. That doesn't make me feel safe. Now granted, I am not Jill. But it just didn't feel that didn't make me feel safe. <laughs> Her saying she felt safe is fine and that's Jill's experience. For me, I would not have felt safe. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Is like I have not had this experience, so I am just like coming from essentially what I've seen in media, what I've read about from like people who have had these experiences. But I, this is one of those times that I think is really interesting of, you know, watching the show in 1993, now that it's 2020 of like, Mm -hmm. you know, they're bringing all these really hard things into these episodes and they are making these characters deal with it, you know, on a very personal level, on a tangential level, you know, whatever, like, Steve and Celeste are probably never going to find out about this because this is right. a secret that Brandon's going to have to keep, you know, as long as Jill wants it kept. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is also one of these things where you see it and you're like, we can do better. Sure. And I do think, you know, not 100% of the time, but I do think shows and movies are getting better. But, like, I do think it's really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And to your point, the fact that they're willing to use the word rape I think is huge in the 90s, especially the early 90s, because there's a lot of times, I think, and still today this happens, where there are certain words, certain phrases, certain topics that are just taboo. Um, It's uncomfortable for people to hear. Like, I know the word abortion has been that in the past. Um, I even know 
you know, calling somebody a black person instead of African-American is a very touchy thing for some people just because they either you don't want to offend somebody by saying a word or you do want to offend somebody by saying a word. And so that's how things are kind of, I guess, becoming taboo because they you you just want to make sure your intentions are clear, whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're willing to go there, I commend and I appreciate and I love because like we've said before, this show walked so other shows can run, right? Especially shows nowadays and 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 how many great um, miniseries we get and, and, and documentaries and then television shows and bringing these topics into them. But again, it's not perfect. And I don't feel like this specific storyline was given the right care and the right um, gravity of the situation that it needed to because as much as we need the word rape to be normalized in the sense of like, we need to be comfortable talking about it. We don't need to be so comfortable talking about it that it's just an, Oh, by the way, because it still needs to hold the weight of what the word and what the action is. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think that that was necessarily done correctly in this episode. But again, the fact that they even brought it up to begin with is a good thing. Let me be clear. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, yeah, it didn't, it didn't get a lot of weight. So I think, you know, what feels weird to me is that you can take out a rape storyline and it would not change this episode. Yeah. It would not change anything. It just feels weird. Totally. And yeah, because I mean, that's it. And then like, you know, we have to deal with the fallout of a whole bunch of other stuff because we go back to Minnesota. Brenda thinks she's finally going to get some sleep. But Darla walks in super loud with all of Mm -hmm. her friends so they can talk shit about Brenda in the room. Like, y'all, I know you're freshmen. You're probably drunk. But, like, come on. Wait till you're outside the door. At least. And, yeah, they're all just like, she's a stuck-up bitch. She's not even trying. She thinks she's better than us. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then they walk back outside and Brenda turns over and you realize she's awake and she has heard the whole thing. Yeah. And that's horrible. That's awful to hear when you're already feeling low. Um, And then I guess just to wrap up Brenda's storyline, like the next day, she's threatening to move out. She's packing a suitcase, you know, and and even when the tassel was on the door again, she's like, screw this and just bursts in. And of course, other Dylan like pulls up his pants real quick and like Darla's like, what the hell, Brenda? And she's like, dude, like you found the tassel on the freaking door for the past 48 hours. What do you want me to do? Well, and she's like, Really? You're going to say what the hell to me? Mm-hmm. And tells her, like, I know what you guys said. You finally have the room to yourself. You don't have to have me hanging around anymore. And, like, we're just not as similar as I thought we were going to be. And yep. so she packs up all of her stuff. She grabs an umbrella because it's still raining in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, she gets in a cab and leaves. And then back at the beach apartment, mm-hmm. it's – I guess still moving day or maybe it's the next day. I don't know. But David's there at 1 a.m. and they're freaking out. But I'm like, he has been helping them move. He's Kelly's brother. Right. Why wouldn't he still be there? Like, I don't I don't see why this was such a huge thing. And he's even talking to Kelly being like, hey, I finished with all these boxes. What else can I help you with? Mm-hmm. And then she's like, no, you have to hide in the shower. Like, No, he's helping you with boxes. Why doesn't he just go to his own room and close the door? I know. And 
And then Felice is like, oh, I have to pee. And that's when I realized that I think they have three bedrooms and one bathroom, which like that's going to cause a problem at some point. I noticed the same thing. Like unless the other bathroom is in David's room or something like attached to it, you know, which also why would he get the only bathroom? Because he's a boy Um, and he's gross. True. But that was the only thing I could think of is, is that bathroom, if there was another, had to have been attached to David's room. Yeah. But anyway, he's hiding in the shower and they're like, Felice, you can't go in there. It's super messy. Felice, you can't go in there. There's no toilet paper. And then Felice is like, no toilet paper? Well, fuck this. And yeah, actually well, in does that leave. case, yeah. Like, you have to pee. Yeah, like don't hold it. That's not healthy. <laughs> no, just deal with the no toilet paper. It's fine. Whatever. Just shimmy a little bit. Just yeah. shimmy and shake. Shake and bake. It's totally fine. Everyone's done it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so she finally leaves. They're all like super excited to get, you know, this first night in their apartment. They all, you know, go say goodnight to each other. And David walks into Donna's room and pisses me off so much. He was a little poop like right here because he just walks in presuming he's just going to sleep in here, which I get from a dating perspective, not from a we got this whole apartment and you have your own room situation. And like. It's a conversation you have. Right. You decide like, if you're going to have sleepovers. Exactly. Because, like, you know, if I visit, like, Nate's apartment with his, like, where I don't also live, then, yeah, I'm going to sleep in his room. But if I also live there, like, we have our own rooms for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, yeah, then he's, like, completely a jerk. And because he doesn't just assume that they're going to sleep in the same bed. He assumes that they're going to sleep together because she's basically like, I, we didn't sleep together on prom night. I've been waiting too damn long. And he's like, boy, bye. Yeah. No, I literally wrote in all caps. Fuck you, David. Cause she's like, get out. Because he says, you said we do it on prom night and you've been putting me off all summer. Like this is, this is the same aggressiveness. Like this is too aggressive. It's another really weird parallel happening. Also, you really want your first time to be at 1 a.m. right after your girlfriend's mom just left and you're tired. And you've been hiding in a shower. Like, (laughs) y'all, this is not healthy. No one has healthy relationships because apparently Kelly left from here at 1 a.m. to go to Dylan's house so that they could talk and be like, you know, I didn't sleep with Gaston. Oh, I didn't sleep with Brigitte. Okay, we're fine. Yes. Like, I wrote down, I just feel like Dylan and Kelly are toxic and never talk things out and work on their issues. They kiss it away. And if they – the thing is, if they talk about it, we don't see it on screen, and I would rather that get the screen time than Jill get barely any screen time. Right. Or the screen time between Dylan and Kelly that we do get is them making out. We know that they are physically attracted to each other. We get that. We don't see the emotional level. We don't see the maturity and we don't see them working on their issues. We just see them making out pretty much or being really flirty and suggestive to each other. Yeah. No, it's it's very interesting. This whole episode is very interesting. And then, yeah, like the next thing we see is I guess the next day and everyone's coming over for this like impromptu party and Donna and David are hooking up their uh, – 
David's new stereo system. And again, he's kind of being a dick. It's like, why wouldn't he hook it up and she read the instructions? If if he was so like possessive or um, I don't know, fascinated with the whole system, why doesn't he put the cords in the place? Because he knows what they are already, and Donna can read him the instructions. Yeah, well, and like when she says, "I don't understand why we have to set all this up," you know, mine's fine. He says, like, well, yours is just a toy. And when you hear this, you're going to understand, like, why you got to throw in the dig. Why not just just, say, like, trust me, when you hear this, you're going to, like, this is my thing. I I would like to have this. Right. Like, don't, you don't have to tear hers down to build yours up if it's really that good. Yeah. Just saying. And, And that's, like, exactly. Like, this all happens. They get the music going, everybody shows up, and they have mushroom and pepperoni pizzas, which just felt like weird options to bring to a party. Like pepperoni, (laughs) yes, but like mushroom, at this point in my life, I did not touch mushrooms. And I'm not a huge pepperoni fan too, so I'm just like, where's the cheese? Or like get a meat pizza and a no meat pizza at the very least. Like, ah. I don't yeah. know. Maybe that's just what they like, and they all have been friends long enough to where they know, oh, everybody either likes pepperoni or mushroom. <laughs> also, why not both? They're so much better together. Yeah. Also, two pizzas is not enough. No. Yeah. Like, John and I eat a pizza. <laughs> yeah. Also, was that beer? Probably. That and again, I'm like, Brandon brought the beer. Now, to your point, I'm like, hmm, Brandon's an alcoholic. <laughs> Yeah, no, they've just gotten over that. Brandon's not an alcoholic anymore, didn't you know? You can yeah. you can get over that. It's just college now. It's college. Yeah, this is college Brandon. He's like, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not Babe. a gambling addict. <laughs> Babe. <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, Dylan and Kelly walk in. Everyone's so excited that they're there. And Donna's just like, shit, I just told Brenda they broke up. And David's like, who cares? Yeah, and I'm sitting here like, are we really about to get this love triangle again? Because I'm not here for it. I'm honestly, yeah, I'm over it. Like, I wish I cared more, but I don't. I don't want it. I don't want any part of it. I am so much more excited about their, like, individual journeys. Like, I appreciate that the show spent season three being like, they're all going to go to different colleges. And then within two episodes being like, just kidding. They're (laughs) all going to California University, so we don't have to deal with that. You really thought we were going to split those storylines? <laughs> Amateurs. <laughs> Which, like, they got me. Mm-hmm. I did not think Brenda was going to drop out before school even started. Right. I wonder if the writers were just like, shit, turns out Yale is expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, okay, this is a 32-episode season. Imagine how much easier their lives would have been if they could have been like, all right, this week is California University week. This Mm -hmm. week is Yale and Minnesota and Berkeley week. Then we'll switch back. Then we're going to have one that has like all of them coming together for fall break. I mean, that's a thought. And I wonder if they thought it. And then they were just like, sets are too hard or we don't have enough budget. Like, I I don't know. know? I'm sure that there is something I'm not thinking of. Mm -hmm. But like that. Well, yeah, because we don't. We don't know what goes on. Like, <laughs> don't we you try know? to act like we do? But I work in TV. Yeah, I worked sure. in local news. I entertain. 
I feel like you uh, count more than both of us because you streamed on Twitch. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So I have no transition for this. But cool. What was your quote of the week? Because I have no idea. Okay. You have no idea. Mary, do you have ideas? I None of the lines stuck out at me this time. Okay. There was no how global. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that I'm reading back my notes, I have a tie. Because one of them isn't so much a quote as it is something that happened. And the second one is a quote, but I just like the way it was delivered. So the first one was when Dylan comes back and they're all in the kitchen and it's that whole he's lying. He lied. He's lying. Like that little interchange between Dylan and Brandon was just super cute. The other one was when David was being a dick and trying to like guilt Donna into sleeping with him. And she's like, David, go to your room. Okay. <laughs> and I, I like just that. giggled because it's so Donna to be like, ah, your child, go to your room. <laughs> okay. I do love that. That's a yeah. good one. I want that one. Yeah. <laughs> we can go with that one. Oh, yeah. Now I'm sad I didn't come up with that because that's a good one. I was oh, too busy. Okay. I was too busy writing down David being like, "Well, you haven't slept with me yet, right? You said you would." Yep, asshole. That's totally fair, and for many reasons, but also because of that, I am ready to give this episode a bad grade. Go for it. Hit me. I think I'm gonna give it a C minus. Wow. Okay. Like it had some good stuff, but like the more we talked about it. Like, I just got really mad at so many people and it's – everyone is so toxic. Like, some of it has nothing to do with, like, writing, production, all of that kind of stuff. And some of it just has to do with, like, where this story has taken us and the fact that Donna and David are still together. Dylan and Kelly are still together. Like, these are toxic relationships and I'm mad about them. So I'm going to let my emotions give this episode a bad grade. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I definitely agree on the toxicity. I think – I think outside of the big bad sex issue, I think Donna and David are probably fine, but this is certainly a hurdle that they need to address and get a handle of and set expectations clearly because otherwise it'll obviously start like getting into other issues and, and, and starting other fights. Kelly and Dylan, for sure, toxic relationship, and I don't think it should exist anymore. Um, and then Jill and Brandon – Mm -mm. I mean, Just that one's not. essentially over anyway, so at least we're good there. Yeah, thankfully. Yeah, should never really been off the ground, but yeah. So I, I would I would agree. I was borderline giving it a B- minus only so I could use B- minus for Britney Spears Toxic, but hmm. I, I think I'd have to give it in the C range as well. Hmm, C for... I can't think of any C word that would work. Cringy behavior on the part of Brandon and Steve. Yeah, let's go with that. Ooh, competitive. Ooh, competitive, I like that. competitive and cringy. But yeah. All right. What's next That's week? It. What can we? What yeah. can we look forward to? Moving right along to season four, episode three, "The Little Fish." Little fish in a big pond. Could be. Hopefully it's not the Grunions again. God, it is on time <laughs> for that, isn't it? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Could no. be a little fish in a big pond. I like that. I like that theory. 
that's what I'm going to go with because I feel like, yeah, uh, you know, Beverly Hills was not like a huge high school or like a small one. You know, we're probably guessing around like 1,200 students-ish mm-hmm. if like 300 were in the senior or whatever they said. But, you know, California University is easily going to be like 12,000 or 20,000 or something like that. I'd agree with that. So, yeah, we're going to say little fish in a big pond. I like it. Yeah. So you will hear that next week. And until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Back2Podcast. And you can shoot us an email. Just let us know your thoughts, your questions, your comments, your concerns, any ideas, anything you got. Just shoot us an email at Back2Podcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to open up those podcast apps and leave us a, you know, rating, review. You can subscribe. You can share it with your friends that way. Tell your parents about us. You know, well, maybe don't tell your parents about us. (laughs) But you know what I mean. Other people you know. Yeah. And just, you know, give us some five stars if you want to. Um, But, you know, we're not going to make you give us a rating we don't deserve. But... Tell us what we do deserve and why and how we can make it better because we would love that. And if you do, we'll give you a shout out. Always do, always will. Yeah. All right. Well, we will see you next week. Talk to you next week. And until then, from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm Ariel. I'm Caitlin. I'm Mary. Bye. Bye. See ya.